Welcome to the Lowdown Podcast. Whether you are a broker, agent, investor, entrepreneur, or just looking to get started in real estate, look no further. Your host, Dustin Thomas and Andrew Fleeman, are business and real estate pros revolutionizing their market. This is your opportunity to get the lowdown. Good morning, everyone, afternoon, evening, whatever time of the day you're listening to the Lowdown Podcast. We are excited. I have a special guest slash co-host with me today. Uh, it's been a little bit since Andrew and I have got to sit down and do a podcast together, one-on-one without a guest. So, Andrew, how's it going today? Man, it's going good. Um this is like the first day it's rained in like three weeks. So actually, I'm kind of excited about the rain. I usually don't get excited, but man, end of June, end of like start of July, it's nice to just get rain every once in a while. Man, and it's been so hot. <laughs> it's so been so it's, hot. it's nice and refreshing. Uh, the grass, I've been watering it every night myself. So that's when you nice know you're to- getting old, when you start enjoying watering your grass. That's what I told Natalie. I said, I was literally sitting outside just watching my watching my sprinkler on my grass the other day. It just, it was so relaxing. Lacey was making fun of me. I was standing at the window and I was watching the uh, sprinkler go back and forth. And she was like, are you watching it grow? And I was like, oh, I guess. Of course I am. But it's funny you mentioned getting older. I saw something uh, the other day on Facebook and it was a picture of a guy cutting his grass, a picture of a guy grilling out, um, and a picture of a guy doing woodwork. And it said one of the three things that you do when you turn 30 and that you're, that you love to do. And I was oh, like, that's pretty true. I it's like doing so all true. <laughs> But I can't do woodwork. These these big hands just don't do it. <laughs> anyway, so today what we want to talk about and we want to discuss, Andrew, are what people don't see with what we do, what people don't see, um, the grind. You know, a lot of a lot of people sometimes will say, well, they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. But, you know, people don't see the grind. That's they, so true. They only see the success. So that's what I kind of want to talk about today, one on one and kind of more or less you in the spotlight. Um for this week's podcast, but so uh, our icebreaker today, Andrew, is describe an experience in your life that changed your values. So the the definition of values is the regard that something is held to deserve the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. So what's an experience that has changed your values? You know, that's really... I'll tell you one experience that super changed my values. Never thought it would. And honestly, I didn't think it would because you think you know everything until you go out of this country. When you go out of this country, everything changes. Once you enter a different country, see how they live, see how things are done. It's completely different. So 2015, we took a trip to Taiwan, stayed in Taiwan for 10 days. My mom was scared half to death. She did not want me to go to Asia. That was one thing. She was like, I'm just, I'm so worried about you. Don't go to Asia. But I was like, it's, it's fine. I'll go. We'll be good. So um, we went to Taiwan and it's just amazing how different people live over there. Um, it's not, it, it's crazy because Taiwan is just an island pretty much. And the top of the Taiwan is very, very rich. And the bottom of Taiwan is very poor. And so we traveled the entire island, and it's crazy when you go from the top of the island to the bottom of the island, you see how different people live. And then you go back and look at how Americans live, and it's completely different. So like for me, seeing that, when when I think about changing my values, it's more or less of what can we live without, I think, um, and how people interact. Because in Taiwan, everyone interacted with each other 
so much differently. It's like everyone was friendly. Everyone did everything together. You didn't go to the super supermarket. You went to the night market and like everyone just did it. It was normal. So I think that's one thing kind of changed my values was what do we need in life? How much do we need? And what does it really take to live and experience life? And like when you see that in another country and then come back here, it's completely different. And I encourage anyone listening to this podcast to get out of this country and go visit another country because it will completely change your life. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, not just going to other countries for vacation, but like what you said, realizing kind of the difference in how we live and what's important to us versus really what the necessities are. Yeah. And it's like you, I would say go out of another country, not to go on vacation, but to experience a culture. Yeah. Like really live in that culture, experience it, like go through everything you possibly can, see how these people live and enjoy it while you're there. Not so much of a vacation, but almost an experience. And it will definitely change your values. That's why they call it a culture shock. For sure. Definitely. You just, you never realize, you know, what people do. That's just because they like to do it here. Um, And there it's more or less of, what do we have to do? Correct. You know, so um, great answer, Andrew. So if I were to answer that, uh, my thing, I think the experience that I had that kind of changed my values um, are, are there's two in my life that are more or less life experiences um, are getting married. Of course, you know, like you're out there and you're like, man, I'm young man. I'm out, which I got married at a young age. Culture shock. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Um, and you're like, okay, like what, you know, you realize what is my life? Like right now, I can't think of what my life was like before I had Lacey in my life, Yeah, Um, you know, just dating. But then after we got married, I was like, well, what was my dating life like? Mm -hmm. And then later on in life, the second answer to my question are having kids. Mm -hmm. So then you're like, well, what was my life like before I had my kids? And like now, man, kind of we were talking about the culture shock and the differences of what people do because that's what they have to do. Like now I'm like, man, I want to do this but I have to do this for my kids or I want to do this, but I have to do this for my wife. So it is, man, you know, like I can't even describe, I mean, we could probably do 15 podcasts on what it's like to have kids and (laughs) and business and just, you know, in general, but those two things, they, they just changed who I was as a person and what was important to me, you know, it's, it's crazy because like you go into the hospital to have your first kid and you're like, well, this is, you know, this is going to be great. I'm so excited. And then as soon as that kid is born, it's kind of like something comes over you and it's like, I'm a completely different person. What is that? Uh, your dad now. What is, yeah. What is that one movie? He's like, become another person. Become another. <laughs> it's kind of what it's like when your kid, when you're, you're holding your kid is like, become another person, become another. But man, you know, and, and the reason I feel like it changes your values is because things that were important to you are no longer that important to you. Like yeah. everything you do is everything for your, changes your wife and for your children. So. Yeah. Well, um, so Andrew, we're going to get right into it again. What we want to talk about today is kind of the grind um, and what people don't see, the background um, to to business, to life, to everything in general. So Andrew, I know we've talked several times on here about kind of your experiences previously. You know, you've been on the farm, you've done marketing for um, different companies, you've sold yearbooks. So what is the background to your grind? Like why, what do you think has set you up for success? So honestly, I think the biggest thing that people don't use to their advantage is their experiences. So everyone goes through these experiences and they just think, oh, the world's out to get me or, oh, this is a great experience. I'm making tons of money or, you know, oh my gosh, everything's just, just wrong right now. Everything's just wrong. So to me, the background of it is taking everything that you've done over time and you take everything that you've done over time and you use it 
as a learning tool. And I think a lot of the times as adults, we forget that we still have to learn. We forget that education is still key even when we're older. We think that we go to high school, we go to college, we learn everything we need to know, we hop in a nine-to-five job, everything's fine, and then we just stop learning. And so for me, the background is taking experiences, failures, everything that goes along with that, and using that as fuel for what you want in the future. So like my background, I grew up in a farming family my whole life, um, enjoyed it, never really cared for farming, tried farming, all of that. We've already talked about that, but... The thing about it is, is you learn from every experience. So like yearbooks, I learned some great sales tactics in yearbooks that I wouldn't have learned anywhere else. Yeah. Working in a farm store, you learn about people. You learn deeply about people, how to have great conversations with people, how to work with people. Um, Also learning to slow down every once in a while and stop being so busy all the time. That's a great learning experience. Um, even being in an outdoor store working with people, you learn what people like, what people want, how people react to different type of uh, marketing and sales tactics. Like even when you have bad times, and I've had a lot of bad times that people don't see. I mean, we're talking about like breaking even and barely paying bills. Yeah, People don't see that stuff. But the background is so important because it builds your character. It builds who you are as a person in the future. Yeah. Well, I like, you know, that you said education is key even as you grow and get older. It's so key. One thing that I always say is like never stop growing. Never. Because times change and you have to be able to change with the times. But also if you get complacent in what you're doing and you don't continue to listen to things and you don't continue to keep up with education and keep up with the times, then you're going to eventually get left in the dust, right? Correct. Like you look at our business right now in real estate, the the agents who are older and the agents who are just like, you know, at one point in their life said, Oh, I'm not going to get used to Facebook. The last three deals that I've closed, I've communicated solely through Facebook. Correct. I've given them my phone number, but they just chose, Hey, I, I use messenger more than I text. So I'm going to communicate through messenger. I'm going to communicate through Instagram uh, or text. I mean, I can't tell you like somebody call me and I text, Hey, I'm in an appointment or, you know, I'll call you back later and they'll well, I can text and they text me everything. And then I just call them back and end up texting. So the, the people who haven't been able to grow and change with technology, and I hate to say, aren't the ones that are selling now because they're probably still selling, but they're not capitalizing on everything that they could do because they, at some point said, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to continue to grow. And that's not where I want to be. I know that's not where you want to be and other entrepreneurs out there in any business. That's not where you're going to want to be. You know, don't ever get complacent in your business to where you're like, there's nowhere for me to go or I don't care to grow or I don't care to continue to educate myself because education is key. Well, and it's crazy, too. So like during high school and college, if I had to read a book, it was a textbook. Like I did not read any other type of book besides a textbook in it. Only if I was forced to like, I just did not like reading. But so I started following like all these life coaches and like figuring out what's going on. Like, how can I continue to be a better person, continue to grow myself, be a better leader, be a better entrepreneur. And like all these people were reading books. Like one of the podcast questions was what's your favorite book? And I was like, I'm not even reading. So what's a book? What's a book? Yeah. So I just kind of dove off back into it and I was like, I'm just going to start picking up these books. And I think one of the biggest things is, is 
we're not talking about just modern day books. We're talking about books that were written a hundred years ago. Oh yeah. So like the education is not just modern education. It's education that people have been using for a hundred years that I almost feel like we've forgotten as a society. Like we've forgotten how to have relationships with people. Like, and when you go back and read a book on how to have relationships with people, it's a complete eye opener. And that book was written a hundred years ago. So well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I just mentioned the last three deals that I've closed have been communicated through social media. And it is, you know, and it's crazy because you read these books that are so old or you, you watch these videos that are posted on YouTube from like the eighties. And you're like, man, those, those people were like way advanced. Yeah. Way advanced. Yeah. And it is, man, you know, like in, in, Growing up, my pastor, uh, growing up, used to say that you can be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. And like I put that into my business. Correct. Like you can be so driven for education and you can be so focused on your business that you're no good to nobody else. Like you're sitting there having conversations and nobody's like the conversations nowhere close to business. And you're like, yeah, you know, you want to buy a house. Yeah. Or, Hey, you want to do this? Do you want to buy an investment? And you're like, that's not even what we were talking about, man. And nobody wants to be around you because all you talk about is your business, but it's correct. You've got to have those relationships because that's how you grow. That's, you know, we do what we do to provide for our families. And those are the relationships that count. And we can work so much and be so spaced out from our family that you kind of sit down and you're, you have an epiphany like, why am I doing what I'm doing if I'm doing it for these people and they're the ones that are suffering? Yeah. So. Well, and you get caught up. I think a lot of people get caught up in the keeping up with the Joneses mentality of I have to work my business because I've got to have a new car. I've got to have a new side by side. I've got to have this. I've got to have that. Everyone else is doing it. But that's not what life is about. Like when you get so caught up in your business that your family goes to the wayside, your relationships go to the wayside, it's not about what's the newest side by side I can buy, you know? And so I think it's just kind of getting back to the basics is the main thing. For sure. Well, so the next portion that I want to talk about, we've kind of been going in and out of it are just kind of motivation points. So, um, and, and I'll tell you guys, the reason that I wanted to talk about this is I sat down with Andrew last week and said, man, I was pumping gas the other day. And like, I remember when we had Live Oak open that there were times that I was like, man, like I'm putting my last $10 in gas Gosh. right now, you yeah. know, because it's the grind. It costs money to open. It costs money to, to get off the ground. It costs money to stay on your feet. And I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like where, you know, where's the next deal coming from? And then like, I'm going to buy my next taco from Taco Bell. (laughs) Yeah. Like we're not even thinking about a side by side at this point. We're like, man, like, can I get gas? Like, am I going to pay the rent next week? (laughs) Yeah. I got a closing in 30 days, but how am I going to make it 30 days? Am I going to starve to death and die by them? But yeah. So, you know, it's, it's how to stay motivated and how to, I hate to say get back to the grind, but there are times that you're like, man, I've got to get back to to grind and I've got to get back to doing what I know is dollar producing or is going to help my business. So Andrew, for you, what are some like, you know, kind of when you've, when you're feeling uh, down and you're like, man, I don't want to sell real estate or I don't want to do this. What's some stuff that you do that, that kind of grow your motivation and get you back on track? So I would say that my biggest thing when it comes to motivation is having a schedule in place. I, so at the beginning of the year, I really got away from like my miracle mornings, keeping a schedule, figuring out how everything was going to go down. And that really messed me up. Like, and when I say really messed me up, it took me way off track. Like I started getting negative thoughts in there. Um, I kept watching other people that were producing agents and they were producing tons and I wasn't producing any. 
I kept seeing people uh, acquire different houses and multifamily. And I literally sat down with my wife one night and I was like, I got to change. Like something's got to give. Yeah. Like we've got to, we, I got to figure something out. So like I got back to doing my miracle mornings. I set a 66 day challenge of getting up and run, doing my miracle mornings, reading my books. Um, I got to, back to the fact of like using my calendar again, scheduling everything. Um, but to me, like when it comes down to motivation, it even comes down to my life and freedom, yeah. which to me is the biggest thing. I mean, I love my freedom. That's my biggest deal. I love my freedom. America. Uh, for sure. <laughs> um, but one of the biggest things for me is like really getting down to what's important to me in life. And I think that's where I had got so far away from is what is important to me. So um, I kind of got down to what do I want in life? Where do I want to sit? And how do I get there? And I think that's a lot of people, they get to a point and they say, just for an example, and this is not mine, but I want to own a house on the beach. And most people, when they see that and they see other people that house on the beach, they say, well, it must be nice to have a house on the beach. I mean, it probably is. Yeah. But a lot of people look at that and they say, I never can attain that. But then when you change your mindset, and I feel like we always come back to mindset, but when you change your mindset and said, and said what can I do to get to a house on the beach? Yeah. And that was my thing. I had got away from that. So like for one thing that I was doing, I really wanted to be a hundred units. Like that's my main goal. And by the end of 2022, I'd love to be at a hundred units. So I sat down and I was like, man, I just don't think I can make it to a hundred units earlier in the year. I was like, I don't think I can do it. Like, it's just impossible. The market's so tough right now. And then I sat down and I was like, what am I talking about? Like, why am I thinking like this? And then I sat down and said, what can I do to get to 100 units by the end of 2022? And when you sit down and make a plan, your motivation kicks back in. What can I do? How do I do it? You start reading your books. You start walking in the morning, get your blood pumping. Like everything starts to change once you change of how you're thinking to get to those main goals that you're trying to reach. For sure. Yeah. Um, and that's good. So what, <laughs> what are your units at right now? So right now I'm at 22 I've got an eight unit under contract and we'll probably end up buying 20 units by the end of the year. Yeah. So I'll be close to 50, which gives me a goal of 50 next year. Yeah. Awesome. So, so my, my personal motivation stuff, um, you know, and I kind of look back to when I first got started as an agent, like I would get up in the morning, I'd go to the gym, I'd do my whole workout. I'd go in the, and I like, I would take clothes to the gym. I'd change and go straight to the office. So I was going to the gym like five to six o'clock changing being at the office at like seven o'clock going in like I was the first one there flipping all the lights on on the way to the gym I'd pull up a YouTube video or a podcast and listen to a podcast or listen to Eric Thomas the hip-hop preacher Eric Thomas if you're listening holler at me please <laughs> um, but you know so like I'd I'd listen to stuff all the time like the night before I would go to bed I'd watch a workout video like if I was doing arms the next day I'd watch an arms workout video and it would motivate me like Correct. I'd go to bed motivated yep. and I'd wake up my alarm would go off and I'd jump up and be like I'm hitting arms today I watched that video on pump that dude's arms were huge I'm gonna get huge arms <laughs> and then I'd you know go to work and I'm like man I, I wish I could I wish I could talk yeah. like Eric Thomas I wish that I could motivate like uh, this guy or, man I, I wish I had a podcast where I could just share my hopes and my dreams and my feelings with people and then I'd go to sell and like, I'd get a sale under contract and I'd be like, boom, let's go to the next one. Like 
I would consistently stay motivated and watch stuff and listen to stuff. And it kind of goes back to the education and my mindset. I would also every night I'd read something before bed about mindset. So I'd, I'd stay motivated 100% of the day because yeah. I was, I was constantly putting things into my body that were good for me, that were good for my business. And it kind of goes back to uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but I was listening to a, a book, an audio book while I was working out. That's another thing I would do. Instead mm-hmm. of listening to music, I'd listen to audio books. So literally, man, like watching videos before bed, listening to the audio books, listening to uh, motivational videos. You're wa- feeding, you're feeding positive stuff into your life all of the time. Well, that's what I was going to say in a book that I was reading. He was talking about your body. And he was talking about your brain and he was like, you know, if you have a sports car, if you've got a Ferrari, if you've got a Lamborghini sitting outside, are you going to put regular gasoline in that? Are you going to put in premium? Are you going to put in the the highest thing you can? And I was like, bro, my body is a freaking Ferrari. Yeah. My body's a Lamborghini, although I'm built more like a dump truck. (laughs) Um, You know, like just my mindset was like, I've got to put good stuff in my body. Yeah. So like I was, I I was laying in bed this week and I'll, me and Lacey were talking and she was like, how, what have you done in the last two weeks for your personal business? Keeping the schedule. So I'll look back, my schedule schedule's color coordinated. And I was like, I've done Ooh, like three days. It hit me hard in, in two weeks, like three days in two weeks that have yeah. actually had business for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, and, and having a business and being at over 30 agents now, super fast. It's like, it's pretty hard to it be is like hard. managing your personal business and managing your agents. Um, although I love our agents and I love helping them and putting their time in at some point, you've got to do something for yourself. That's so correct. I was like, man, three days in two weeks is, is trash. Yep. So I started going back to that. Hey, listening to motivational stuff instead of scrolling Facebook. And I started getting pumped and you know, I was like, man, I can do this, this person. So, you know, one thing that I used to do and in, in for all you guys listening to drum up some business is I'll go back in and I'll change or not change. I'll look at my old messages. I'll scroll all the way to the bottom and I'll start deleting and numbers that I don't know. Don't get deleted till I read those messages. Yeah. And I'd talked to three or four people last night that I haven't talked to in a month or two that have been interested in buying or selling. I was like, I'll oh, wait 30 days or, you know, I've got until uh, July or I've got until August that I'm, I'll be ready. And I'm like, Oh, now is the time. So just going back to those roots, going back to those basics to, Put things into your body that are good for you um, in your body, you know, food related, whatever, uh, drinking your gallon of water. Oh, day, boy. Yeah. Um, which is tough. But once you do it, it's it's soup gets super easy. Like I was carrying a gallon jug around and I'd be done like one or two in the, in the afternoon. I'm like, man, I'm way ahead of schedule. <laughs> I could get another gallon in. But don't 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 do don't do that. Do that. Um, but, you know, and also your mind and your brain is putting things in there that are, are going to help your motivation and help keep you on track uh, to yeah. hit your goals. So the next thing, the next topic, um, and I feel like this is a great one. I'm kind of excited to hear your answer is what is the hardest thing that you've had to deal with so far <laughs> in your career? Ooh, that's a, that one's probably going to go pretty deep. So when I got out of college, I was back to the get a job, work, pay your bills and live. And that's my life. That's what I was. So me and my wife, we got married when we were young. We went and bought a house. Um, love the house. Like one of my favorite houses I've ever lived in, but there came a time where I just felt led, like I needed to go back and work with my dad on the farm and so my, I was like, we're selling the house. Like we're selling the house. We're moving back to Manila, which you can about imagine how my wife was. One of her favorite houses. She worked in Jonesboro. We were moving 45 minutes away. 
Um, so I was like, we're selling the house. Sold the house in five days. Had to be moved out in 30. Decision was made pretty The decision quick. was made. So like, and I'm talking about it was rough. Like we moved out of the house. I couldn't find Natalie when it was our last day there. I was walking around the house like, where in the world is she at? I go in the backyard and she's bawling, crying. Yeah. Like she's literally crying. And I was like, what's wrong? She's like, I don't want to leave. Like I, this is where I love. And I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Can I put in something? Yeah. Right there? <laughs> so this is a great point, And I'm glad that you said that because the decisions that we make, we don't really understand how how bad it affects yes. our spouses. Yeah, and, and it, it it's tough, man. And so we ended up moving. My grandfather let us live in a house, and this house hadn't been inhabited in five years. So, like, we walk into the house. There's literally a dead bird laying in the floor, and <laughs> we walk in. The floor starts sinking in in one spot. So I was like, well, I've got to fix this. So we painted cabinets, like, and when I say this house was infested with moss, that's an understatement of the year. And what, can you share what you guys uh, called this house? So we called it the mouse house. It was that bad. Uh, now, my grandpa let us live in this thing for rent free, which I was very happy. We were working on the farm. You deal with some mice. Yeah, <laughs> no money. But like we would literally lay in bed at night and hear moss run through the ceiling. And so um, when I think the hardest thing that you have to deal with so far in my career and I guess my life would be like taking that leap of faith. But what a lot of people don't know is we sold that house and took that money from selling that house to buy our first eight units in real estate. Yeah. So like a lot of people don't know that. It's not like we just took the cash and ran. Like I had to make a sacrifice right. of what do I really want in life? Can I live in a mouse house for this long? Yeah, I can do it. Like I can make it work. So like we took that and we... We did what we had to do. We lived in a mouse house. And that's the grind. That's, that's what the grind. don't see. Exactly. That's like, what people don't see. When people see you or people listen to this podcast, they may think, man, these guys really have never went through anything. Like, they don't know. And it's until you share things like that and kind of get let people into your life that they kind of understand, okay, so you sold a house here, the perfect house. The perfect house. Your wife was upset. She probably punched you a couple times. Who knows? <laughs> You move to a house rent-free, but there's all kind of problems at that house. And you're going from a good turnkey house, no issues, you know, perfect size. I mean, how do you remember the square footage of that house that you moved from? I don't know. But all I know is I replaced all the floor in that house. It took all the money we had. Like, it, it, And that's the thing about it. Like, we, we didn't just sacrifice not living in a nice house. Like, I drove an older truck. My wife drove, drove an older vehicle. We didn't have a boat. We didn't have side-by-sides. Yeah. We didn't have anything. Like, I used the last sum of my cash to buy a storage unit that said China Shipping on the side so I could shove all of our stuff in there because the house wasn't big enough to hold it. Well, so that's why I asked about the square footage. Because yeah. you guys moved from, what, like a 3-2? Yeah. To what was the I think size it was a 2-2, two, two, and it was small. Like, yeah. we didn't have like a, probably a, a kitchen. Probably a square feet, yeah. maybe? And so, like, that's the thing. A lot of people don't see that. Of course, we ended up building a small house and living in it and selling that house. And, like, but a lot of people don't see, like, even when I buy these units, it's not like I'm just going and throwing money at them. Like, we're not doing that. Like, so I worked on the farm, and I had my first crop year. And you remember this because you were my agent. But we wanted I wanted to buy the seven units, the extra seven units. So, like, we couldn't make the financing work. It was going all over the place. So, like... I took my first crop year money that I had made and worked all year to get, we're talking like 80 to 120 hours a week and poured that into my next seven units. And like people don't see that. They think you just make all this money and don't shove it into investing in your life. But like now we're what, five years down the road? Yeah. 
And now look where we're at. And it's completely different. So we had to take that sacrifice and deal with the hard parts to get where we are today. And so I think that's the big thing. Like a lot of people just think they're, they just get it. They just do it. It, it, I mean, it doesn't happen like that. And people don't see us either. Like when we first started Live Oak Real Estate, they didn't see us in a thousand square feet with me and you sharing an office with, we had sunk every last dime we had to try to open it, closing two deals a month. And you were the one that were closing them, (laughs) literally paying the bills. And then you look at us a year and a half later with 30 plus units and 3,500 square feet. I mean, you just, you don't see that stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing, you know, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because the grind consistently changes. So it's when we first open, it's okay, Andrew, how do we pay the bills? Uh, for the office, okay, I've got five closings this month and X amount this month, and you know I've got stuff on track for December. I need to start putting stuff ahead just so I'm the only agent here that's you know closing things right now. And I don't think our first agent besides me closed anything until February. No, I I closed my first one at the end of January. Yeah. So I mean, like that was the grind. It's okay. We have an office now. We have to pay the bills. <laughs> we have to and keep then, it open. <laughs> and then now where the grind for me is okay. We have thirty plus agents. We've taken our office that we started with and expanded on both sides and went, you know, tripled in size, yep. both in agents and in space. <laughs> in space. Um, and then now we've just uh, launched a new office. Um, yep. So, you know, and we're not even two years in, man. Correct. And so, like, for us, the grind has now changed on, okay, like, how do we manage our business? How do we manage our life? How do we manage our company? Our agents. How do we manage our growth? How do we manage our? So it's, <laughs> it's the grind never changes. Correct. If, if you if you're an entrepreneur and you own a business, whether it's real estate related or just any other business, like if your grind is not changing, and your focus isn't changing, and you're not growing, you've got to come back to those basics. You've well, got to come back to hey, how where did I start? Why is my motivation at where it's at? Why do I have a company? And the thing about it is, and I guess it's just my the way that my body runs. Like to me. That's exciting. Like to me, I love the challenge of what can we do? What can we do? How can we get there? And so for me, like for a lot of people, it's scary. Like, and it's scary for us too. It's not like we don't get scared and frustrated and upset at times. But the thing about it is, is like you just got to keep pushing forward no matter what. Doesn't matter what goes on, what happens, you're going to go through trials. You just got to keep pushing forward. Well, and it, and it goes back to, you know, you, uh, you took the money that you made from your house. And what could you have done with the money that you made from your house? Exactly. You literally, the grind was, I'm going from this perfect house to this, oh my word, like my life has changed so so fast. But you had that money sitting in the account. So you had the money to do what you wanted to do and change or go buy another house. But you decided, hey, this is what I want out of life and I've got to do it. You took an opportunity and you created a greater opportunity out of it. And I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned your farm. Because I remember like going to Manila to show houses or list houses. And then I'd, I'd shoot you a text and be like, hey, man, you want a Sonic drink? And I'd pull out there and like, <laughs> yeah, you know, hand I remember that. A, a Sonic a Sonic water, or a sweet tea with peach. Oh, or I remember that. Um, but it is, man. It's crazy when you look back and be like, how crazy life has changed in five years. And then you look at the company right now and the growth of our company. You're like, man, how, how has life changed in the last year and a half? Because we're not exactly. even two years old yet. Yeah. Um, so the next point, um, and, and this is probably going to be our last point, but I feel like this is a great point to end on 
is our cheerleaders in our life. So who is your biggest cheerleader? Why? And how does that cheerleader contribute to your success? So I will have to say this. My wife is probably my biggest cheerleader. Um, my wife is just a rock. Like, I don't know how she does it, but like when we talk about like not getting frustrated, she's patient. Like she will tell you exactly how it is, which I love because that's the way I run. Like, here, like here's the thing like so I went to Sam's Club and I've, I've really been trying to work on my weight because I've, I struggle with it my whole life like that's one thing I've always struggled with is my weight and I just love sweets I love food I love the way it tastes like I just love everything about it I love to cook I mean I love to see people's faces when I cook and they see it and it's great like it's just one thing that's I've always loved so we went to Sam's Club and I am like a I just love Oreos. Like Oreos are one of my favorite cookies. And so um, we went to Sam's Club and they had this big pack of Oreos. And she was like, Andrew, do you need those Oreos? And I was like, well, no, not really. (laughs) They need me. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So like I bought the pack of Oreos. And this Oreo pack had 10 sleeves of Oreos in it. 10 sleeves of Oreos. And so I was like, I'm going to take it slow. Like I'm not going to eat these Oreos. So she puts Eli to bed one night and she comes into the bedroom and I have a pack of Oreos with a cup of milk. (laughs) She's like, Andrew, what are you doing? That literally the next thing I know in a month, I have eaten six sleeves of Oreos and I'm like, good Lord. But when I say that it, your cheerleader can't just be a person that pumps you up all the time. Yes. A cheerleader also has to be a person that's real with you. Like your cheerleader has to say, listen, what you're doing is wrong and you need to change what you're doing. Like you can't just keep going and going and going and have a cheerleader that says you're great. You can do it all the time. You're wonderful. That's not what a cheerleader is. A cheerleader is a person that's also real with you and will tell you exactly what's going on and how to take care of it. And if you're doing something that's wrong, they're going to tell you that it's wrong. If you're doing something that's great and it's working well, they're going to tell you that. So like for me, that would be my wife. My mom, when I grew up, she was always my biggest cheerleader. She pushed me forward. She encouraged me to make music. She encouraged me to travel um, with our bands. Just not to Taiwan. Yeah, she didn't want us to go there. But um, that's the thing. Your cheerleader has to be a person that's close to you. And a lot of people get their cheerleaders out of coaches. Yeah. I mean, they'll they'll hire a coach. Um, and I still think that's a good idea as well as getting a coach to be your For cheerleader because sure. it's someone that doesn't know your life, you know. Well, that's they're looking in there. They've got an unbiased opinion. But I like what you said about kind of pulling you down to earth, because kind of when I look at a cheerleader, that's. For people like us, Andrew, we we start thinking about things and then we kind of start leaving earth yes. and kind of start going forward. And that cheerleader has got to be able to be somebody that can kind of grab your ankle and pull you back down and be like, hey, uh, have you thought about this? And I know me and you joke with Lacey and Natalie all the time because Andrew and I will talk about, like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. This is the plan. <laughs> yeah. this is the plan. Make the decision. Make and the then decision. we talk to Lacey and Natalie together and, and talking to Lacey and Natalie individually, they say the same stuff. So when they're together, it's like me and Andrew are like, let's go, go, go. And Lacey and Natalie are like, hey, maybe you guys need this. Have you guys thought about this? Like maybe you need to learn some patience. Yeah, uh, maybe for you, sure. Maybe you guys, um, you know, need to, to consult us a little more um, because that's what they do. They pull us back down to earth and they make us realize, you know, Andrew and I don't probably first think about the negative, yeah, the negative situation of things. And that's the first thing that they think about because they know we don't think about it. So I feel like a cheerleader is also somebody who 
their strengths are your weaknesses. Correct. And you've got you're leaning on them for a certain reason, but at the end of the day, when you succeed, they they succeed with you, and they congratulate you, and and they they rejoice with you when it's time to rejoice, and they cry with you when it's time to cry. Well, and I think too that a cheerleader is also that person that keeps you on track. Like I I'm a big ideas person. I love ideas. I love the thought of them. But the cheerleader is the person that says, "What are you really here for?" You know. And when you make a big check or you do that, it's like, okay, what are you using that money for now? Yeah. Like, are you using that money just to blow it? Are you using it to better other people's lives? Are you using it to build a business that you want to build? Or are you just out here blowing your money on? I don't know, a $25 rack of ribs, even though they are really good. Shout out Q49 in Jonesboro, yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's the thing about it. Like the, your cheerleader is also the person that just keeps you on track. And I think that's the biggest thing. People get so, they get so thinking about, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And they don't stay on the main track that keeps them where they need to go. For sure. Well, Andrew, it's always a pleasure, sir, to have you as a co-host and even a more pleasure to have you as a guest. Um, got back to the basics a little bit today, just Andrew and I. But if you are thinking about buying or selling real estate, give Live Oak Real Estate a call or visit us at www.findneahomes.com or check us out at www.listwithliveoak.com. So as always, you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the Lowdown Podcast. If you want more information about Live Oak Real Estate or the Lowdown Podcast, check out listwithliveoak.com or our Facebook page at Live Oak Real Estate. Make sure and hit that subscribe button and don't forget to share the Lowdown Podcast.